0: Hi, I'm Bogue Williams, your host for Taboo Talk, the new podcast from Boots that asks the taboo health and wellness questions so you don't have to. This week, we're discussing a huge subject that will affect a hell of a lot of listeners. We are going to be talking about fertility. Whether you know if you do, don't or might want children, fertility is a subject fraught with strong emotions. It's a personal choice that can feel very public with everybody having a point of view or a story to tell. Nowadays, thank Thank goodness there are more options for more people as science and society catches up to the fact that there's no one size fits all when it comes to expectations around having children. However, that doesn't mean it's simple and for many, the journey to having a child can be complicated and painful both physically and mentally all of which can make it a very taboo subject, which is obviously why we're tackling it here on Taboo Talk Before we do though, I need to say straight off the bat that this episode will contain distressing content and will not be suitable for all listeners Please consider this a massive trigger warning We're going to be discussing subjects including infertility, IVF, the loss of a child, surrogacy and miscarriage So please use your discretion when deciding whether to continue listening. And for those of you who decide to join us for the whole episode, though, I can assure you that there will also be lots of joy, hope and laughter. If you're affected by the content of this episode, please know there is support and information available. You can contact your GP for advice on next steps regarding possible conception support, fertility treatment and or mental health support. Please also see our show notes for mental health services related to fertility. It is really important to speak to somebody if you find yourself struggling. And now on with the show I am delighted to be able to introduce my three guests who have all done amazing work in breaking down so many taboos surrounding fertility and best of all they're here in person it's actually a miracle. First up, we have TV personality, YouTuber and ex-Love Islander, Amy Harris, who will talk to us about her recent decision to freeze her eggs. She is joined by Maiden Chelsea star, Ollie Locke, who is currently in the middle of an IVF and surrogacy journey with his husband, Gareth. And we also are very lucky to have Malin Anderson with us. Malin is brilliantly eight months pregnant. A huge congratulations to you, Malin. However, her journey to this point has been anything but easy, having tragically lost her first child, Constance at one month old in 2019 and suffering a miscarriage in early 2021. So let's get started. Thank you so much for joining us on Taboo Talk. Okay, Amy, we're going to start with you first. First of all, I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to answer this, but what age are you?
1: I am twenty nine. Got my big thirtieth this year. Oh,
0: very nice. And uh, what age did you start thinking about going through the egg freezing process?
1: Um, it's always like me and my mum have always talked about really openly because I was obviously confirmed single forever um, and was never going to meet anyone. Hence, I went on Love Island. Genuinely, so we'd always talked about it. Mum was always saying to me I would rather you have a baby on your own than miss out on being a mum so then when we started talking about sort of menopause and stuff and I found out my mum my nan and my auntie all went through the menopause at 40 then I was a bit like ah maybe there's something that I need to think about so then I went for my fertility MOT and they said that all my results sort of matched my mum's so that it's likely that I'll go through early menopause so then I started looking at egg freezing
0: so yeah because I was thinking you're quite young to do it but that would be a prompt for you to do it because it happened to your mum and it could possibly happen to you you how did you find the whole egg freezing like process? How did you know that that was going to be your first step?
1: Because I wasn't ready for a baby right now. And also I was sort of still open to meeting someone. And then I did. So I say to everyone, if you want to meet a boyfriend, spend a load of money on egg freezing and then you'll meet <laughs> one four weeks later. Because that's literally how it happened for me. So I sort of looked at egg freezing, thought it was the best option as well. You have to get the timing really right. Because at the moment, the legislation is that you can only freeze your eggs for 10 10 years so you have to be young enough that they're good quality egg like in in relation to your levels that they can test for but then also that you need the 10 years to use them so for me sort of 27 28 was perfect time because then sort of in my early to mid 30s i would hopefully use them
0: Um, how does the process work my sister just recently did it as well so i kind of know but for our listeners and for everyone else how does the egg freezing process work
1: so you have some blood tests first they can test your levels again just to check sort of what medication you need and that is so important and i would definitely say to anyone doing it if you haven't had your bloods done in the last six months definitely definitely push to have it done again because my first round failed because i didn't have enough uh medication because we were going on blood tests from a year before so i've just had my blood test done two days ago for my next round so then the doctors will look at that work out how much medication i need and then on the first day of my period i'll go up for a scan they'll check everything's all right and then i'll start my injections uh like two days later and then it's about 14 days of injections uh, one a day for a week and then two a day for another week and then a trigger injection oh I just explained what the injections are I just realised sorry Um, so the first injection is to make your ovaries over ovulate to produce loads of follicles for the eggs to go into then your brain starts going why are you doing this this is far too much then the second injection is to stop the message from your ovaries and your brain getting to each other so you can produce more and more and more And then you do a trigger injection, which is to force your body to ovulate all the eggs that you've stored up and then 36 hours later you go in and you get put under sedation and they take the eggs out and then you're
0: done. Uh, Tell me, did you feel weird at all when you were taking the injections? Like, are they they full of hormones? Like, how does it make your mood?
1: So I didn't but I did all of mine during lockdown so literally all I was doing was laying in bed watching Real Housewives and going (laughs) to London for scans. So I'm interested to see what it's going to be like this time when I've got a boyfriend to deal with and also work to deal with with and real life and being late to places and stuff to deal with so I don't know whether it will be different this time and also with a lot more medication
0: okay so hang on you're doing it again so you have so you did speak about having two failed attempts so is this your third attempt that you're going on to
1: no so this is my fourth so I did three rounds last year two failed one I got five eggs they say ten for a baby like yeah. is ideally what you want because you know they get frozen then they get defrosted you might lose two so then they get fertilized you might lose another one, then they implant them and you, you know they guarantee that they'll actually take. So um, yeah, I wanted to go again because as much as I love my boyfriend and I've had this conversation with him, I'm not putting my future in anyone else's hands but myself. And I want to have that backup plan and we might need to use them together. So
0: yeah, you never know. And it's my understanding that egg freezing, it's only available on the NHS to women undergoing medical treatments that affect their fertility, like chemotherapy or radiotherapy. So you obviously, did you go private?
1: Yes. I did. I was very lucky um, to find a really good clinic and also to be in a fortunate position that I can do that. And I know that the cost is, I think I'm about eight and a half grand in, and that's before wow. I've started round number four. And for that, I've got five eggs. So that's a lot, obviously. And it's things like you sort of read about how much everything is so it's three and a half grand to four grand for the procedure, and then £1,500 for the medication. And also, like the train. So I live in Worthing, like down by Brighton. and obviously Obviously, I'm having my scans up in London. All your scans are at eight o'clock because they're the appointments that they leave. So it's, you know, the, the trains up every day and the peak travel, which obviously is something to think about as well. So I would say go close to home if you can, because I started doing this before COVID. So yeah. I was in London all the time and now I'm just on the train every day.
0: And tell me, did they, because of the first failed attempt, was that, did you have to pay for the failed attempts as well?
1: Um, no. So the, the procedure cost, which was the, I think it was 3,700 mine. That is until you've had, a successful collection. So that's why the day before my scheduled collection, they said to me, I don't think we should go for this because you're going to get one or none.
2: What do they count as a, as a successful like lot as
0: such? What do they... Yeah, what's a good amount of eggs?
1: Well, they, it can be one. Like they just have to collect an egg. And that's, just, that's it done. So the nurses are amazing. They say, like, look, I don't think you should collect this time, which obviously is really disheartening once you've... And I had a bit of a meltdown that night, and I was like, right, forget egg freezing. I'm doing solo IVF now. I'm having a baby now. Yeah, And my mum was like, calm. Down. Let's wait a year. <laughs> Let's do the egg freezing again. Let's just change. Let like, get them to change the medication. But then I had to pay for all the medication again.
0: And kind of annoying if you've done all the medication and then you get to that point. So it really yeah. is important, as you said, to get your your blood tests. I reckon though, if it was like cheaper, do you think more women would get it done?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Because it's that backup, and I think as well, like nowadays we're so used to having everything we want, and it's you know I want this. Strength onto Amazon get it it's done and we're so used to being able to have it all and I think it's that backup that you can go and do whatever you want my mum had me when she was 22 my nan had had all her kids by the time she was 25 and wow. they look at my life and they're like I can't believe you like I was cabin crew for eight and a half years before I did Love Island so you know I've traveled the world I've done all these amazing things but then it's the thing of I can see, I can see my menopause in the future. I can see it slowly coming towards me. And it's like, you can't have it all. Whereas this is a bit of a backup plan that hopefully means that we can have a bit more of it all.
0: I love that you're still doing it and you're with like, you're with your boyfriend now and you're like, actually, no, I'm still going to do this. I need to have this backup plan for myself.
1: We do like, we only went together eight months. We have talked about the future and stuff. But again, so when I went to, I always think it's going to be better than it is when I go to speak to the professor for some reason. And again, like, so it took a long time as well, actually, for my boyfriend to sort of understand. Because he kept going, babe, you're 29, it's fine. And I was like, babe, like, listen to me. I went to the doctor a couple of months ago. And he was like, yeah, I definitely think you've got, you know, three to four years of good fertility left. And in my head, I'm like, three to four years, that's we're not in a position now we want to have a baby right now you know I would ideally love two but you know I'd love one time is like a hamster wheel I feel and like a snowball and it just goes and it goes and it goes and before you know it it's like that was three months ago that conversation so now I've got three years and nine months I know and it just it just goes
0: it's kind of scary but at the same time I have two kids now and I just think oh thank god I didn't have them when I was younger because like I'm absolutely yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're so exhausting I feel like you need to live your life as well and then to try and have kids but there is a huge pressure on women because it's like literally people think that your clock is tick tick ticking but I think if you go and meet a fertility person if you're worried about it you can find out your levels and just find out where you are in your journey and lucky you found out that you probably the best decision for you was to freeze your eggs.
1: Yeah so I just had my bloods done again two days ago and so the the results will come back from that and he said you know it might be that it Means that I'll give you more medication. It might be that I tell you just to go and have a baby now. Mm. And I and he's like, but that's all right, isn't it? And I was like, mm. <laughs> I was like, last year, that would have been fine. I was like, now, it's only 50% my decision.
2: So would you, would you consider making embryos with his sperm as well? Because obviously, when it becomes with sperm and embryos making together, and yeah. that's obviously a, a higher success rate than just freezing the sperm and then making them afterwards.
1: Yes, um, we actually have talked about this, and we said, you know, so my, my 30th is in July, and I'm having a big Mamma Mia themed party It's very important to me. Obviously not more important than having children, but, um, but I've already booked lots of things. Um so nothing before then, but he said, you know, by the time that's over we will have been together like 18 18 months by sort of October time. So then we can talk about, you know, whether we're going to actually start trying or whether we go for embryo freezing as well as my frozen eggs. But yeah, we have talked about the embryo freezing cuz so I know that it is a higher success rate. Yeah. But then as well, that again is the reason I'm still freezing my eggs is cuz like I say I won't put my future in anyone else's hands. Mm embryo freezing, that is still I have he to... He
0: has to agree if, to it. It all
1: goes wrong with me and Sam, which I hope it doesn't. Absolutely. He has to agree to it and so then it's sort of, I could have just had those frozen eggs. Like, I know that sounds really selfish. Everything <laughs> I do, I do? do for myself because the only person that can let myself down is me.
2: Nothing infertility is is selfish in any way. This yeah. is your own journey and everyone goes through it and, and yeah. absolutely you can't
0: think of it being selfish. It's not, definitely not. Would you, how would you feel about being a single parent though?
1: Um, I feel like I wouldn't be a single parent that because I'd have a mum and my dad, my brother and my sister in law, like I've got so many like really amazing close friends. And I've like lots of people said to me. And I said, but I could, with Sam, I know that won't be the case, but I could have met someone who had been a terrible dad. Yeah. And having, you know, taking that one person out and having six or seven people in that place who, you know, are, my mum, my mum was literally like ready like, the reason she won't move out to Spain is because she's like, no, no, I'm going to have grandchildren soon. Like, I need to be ready at home, ready to look after them. Because in our family, like, you know, we, we never went to nurse or anything. Our nan had us four days a week and my mum is ready for that. Wow. So for me, like, it wouldn't be being a single mum, I don't think.
0: Can I borrow your mum until you figure figured it <laughs> out? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, she would be well up for it. So my nan, my nan is like, oh, when are you going to have kids? I need a kid to look after again. Because she brought three kids up, then six grandchildren. and now she's like what what do I do with my life now I don't understand
0: (laughs) I'm looking forward to that bit nothing sitting on a beach doing nothing but Ollie you probably know a lot about this as well because you've done a lot of this did you always want to be a dad No, it wasn't
2: a a situation like that because up until, what was it, 2005, uh, 2014? uh, 2005 was, you're allowed to get civil partnerships. Uh, 2015, I think it was, 14, you were allowed to get married. So when I was growing up and I started talking about sexuality, this wasn't a part of um, the direction that I could go. So I would never think about it. You weren't allowed to have babies. You weren't allowed to whatever. So I thought I'd be the gay best friend in my best friend's wedding and I'd be Rupert Everett for the rest of my life and have amazing dinner parties.
0: I love him. Um,
2: he's the best, <laughs> yeah. and uh, that's how I kind of thought that I was going to be, and and so I was I was excited about that. However, when the laws came in, that things had changed a bit, it changed my attitude towards it a little bit too. Yeah, and Sally went, well, now I can be a dad. I now can get married, and I can have what I think everyone's wanted, and and weirdly, it happened at exactly the right time for my life. Yeah, in all of humanity, so. I had to change my opinion and when I got with what would be now my husband what is now my husband we talked about it a lot and I watched her with my goddaughter Binky from Maiden Chelsea's daughter India and I watched Gareth and I I couldn't deprive him of, of being a father because he was incredible. Yeah. And I had to put that kind of, I'm going to be a great host at the dinner party to, actually, I'm going to be a dad. And I know I am. And I couldn't let him not do that.
0: Oh, I love that. And how did you guys like start talking about it? You got married. Was it pretty quick to start talking about it? Or how did the whole thing come up?
2: Yeah, I think it was rather quick because we knew that the whole process of finding a surrogate and finding the right egg donor is not the easiest thing in the world. And so we started discussing it and very quickly we had a friend down in the west country who happened to watch a scene of ours on the show and she cried and then dm me saying i i think i want to be your surrogate and that was where we found our surrogate
0: stop wow that's lucky Really lucky. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, it is incredibly lucky because it, the British law doesn't allow. This is why
0: it's so annoying. British yeah, so that's what I was going to ask you because I imagine. know you're doing it in. So, okay, let's start from the start yeah, sorry, there's loads I'll... around this. Yeah. Okay, so how did you start it? You, that woman mailed you, and then you're like, boom, I've got my surrogate. Then Again, what happened? It's that
2: process of, okay. We sort of know you. We know you through friends and stuff. Are you crazy? Like, we need to work out... That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Well, quite. You have to sit there and be like, is this a normal situation? Is this something... Also, matching with a surrogate is not the easiest thing in the world. You have to make sure that you both understand exactly what you're going through. Uh, There are legal things. There are counselling you have to go through. There's all sorts of things you have to discuss before actually starting any of the medical stuff. And so... Yeah, we we did match with her, and she did happen to be one of the angels that we absolutely adored, and and someone that was heaven. And yeah, it kind of went from there, really. But that was that's difficult to find. Trying to find a, a surrogate is the hard bit.
0: I feel like that's the
2: hardest part, especially with British law.
0: Yeah, because are you like I know that you're doing the whole process in Cyprus. Is that because of British law?
2: Well, I'll get onto that in a minute. When it comes to surrogacy, so sur- the surrogacy we've got is happening in Britain. Okay, but. For anyone in Britain, you have to go through a company, which are generally very expensive, yeah. because it is illegal to try and advertise to be a surrogate or to try and solicit someone to be a surrogate. It is illegal. It is against the law, which is completely ridiculous. The laws hasn't been touched um, for 32 years. So Mad. basically, oh, thanks very much. We can now get married, but we're going to make it as hard as you possibly fucking can to have a child, yeah. um, which for me would well, drives me insane. And that's been a journey that ours has been... Has been very very difficult so the reason why we actually we went to cyprus for the second time the first time we actually went to mexico because we wanted to go to america but covid wouldn't let us in biden decided to put on a presidential order that we couldn't get into
0: america for how many years we couldn't get to america um is this for your eggs now this is for the eggs So where did the eggs, where are you getting, like, what happens with the egg thing? So
2: this is, and people do find extraordinary because it is bonkers. In Britain, you are not allowed to see the face of the donor. You're not allowed to see a picture of them as a child. You're not allowed to see a picture of them as an adult. You're not allowed to do anything. So you'll find out their ethnicity, their hair colour, their eye colour, what their mother and father have died on, and if they've got any medical uh, problems. That Uh, is it. You're not allowed to see a picture. That is fine. If that's the route you want to go down personally that's not for us, and we decided we wanted to go through a slightly different channel uh, which could we wanted to find out our entire medical history yeah. we wanted to see exactly what they looked like we wanted to, if we wanted to, we could have a zoom with this person to find out what they're like and their charisma, like their their characters and their and their being basically where they're kind who knows yeah um, in Britain, if you wanted to go through and I didn 't see the face it's seven hundred and seventy seven pounds that's how much you pay for for a collection of eggs you're allowed to do that mm-hmm. in America where we had to speak to an American clinic which is called Elevate in the in the West Coast. In Beverly Hills, and they specialize in sort of Ivy League and models and uh, all that kind of stuff. We obviously went shopping with the models. I did. It's almost it's a little bit like Tinder for for babies in a weird way for eggs. And so you kind of swipe and you're like, no, 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 I don't like her, I don't like I her. And you go, oh yes, she could be. Which was what you would do in real life if you're yeah, going to procreate. Yeah. You probably would do that the exact same situation. And in fact, you do want Tinder. You go, yes, I could procreate with that. <laughs> no. um, and and but so, can,
1: I, can I just say, can I just say, my, my friend's got a sperm donor and they had an app that was like Tinder that had pictures of all these guys when they were younger. So I can't believe st- that you're not allowed to see the face of the egg donor. not
2: allowed it at all in Britain. It's completely, completely illegal. <laughs>
0: well, in Copenhagen, if you want sperm as well, and I mean, I went to Copenhagen and they are all stunning over there. It wouldn't yeah. matter if you saw a picture or not, but like you do go in and like it, it's such young people doing it as well. But it's nice. To, I think what's important as well, And looks are really important to some people. But I think, as well, like you said about the medical history and everything like that, that's super important to know that, to know somebody's background.
2: And you want to, I want to see the video of them. I want to see their, I want to see if they're kind. I want to see if they're lovely people. I want to see why they're doing this for money. How hot is she? Absolutely. (laughs) That is important as well. I've got a dodgy side of the family that don't look great. I've managed to come out all right. So I I want to give them the best, best (laughs) luck they possibly can. But anyway, when I went to America to this clinic, because we made the decision that we Wants to go down this journey. It was about twenty-six thousand pounds for the agency wow. fee alone. What? The eggs were another eleven thousand oh uh, dollars. Then it was another five thousand dollars for her travel and expenses to come up to. She was in uh, she was in Brazil, and we then need to come up to Cancun. Wow. Uh, so that was before any medical thing whatsoever, before the injections, before anything like that. So that's where we had to go. That didn't work. Sadly. Our first round didn't work.
0: Oh no, so you did do that and then, yeah. uh, how do you mean your first round didn't work? So the egg collection didn't work at all? It worked completely and we had some beautiful eggs. We got
2: 21 eggs out of it. It was incredible. Wow. We were very excited. After PGTA, which What's is PGTA pre-genetic uh, testing,
0: Yeah.
2: we found out that a lot of them weren't viable when after they had been fertilised. Yeah. Um, and we got left with five, which is still incredible. and yeah. Everyone was really happy. These are perfect eggs. We were delighted. Everything was great. Uh, We put two in, and we waited for those two weeks, and anyone that goes through the same process of that two-week wait is... is, Everyone knows how horrific that is. Then you take the test, and there was nothing there. It just didn't work. Mexico then went on the red list, which is great fun. So we then had three embryos sat in Mexico,
0: um,
2: which I then had to spend another £3,600 to get them sent from Mexico, flown in minus 120 degrees uh, on a plane to Cyprus, which because I'm not allowed to bring them back to England because I've seen the face oh, of the woman. you
0: stop. Yeah, literally. So that's where Cyprus comes into it. That's where Cyprus. Ali surely there's an easier way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, quite. <God. sighs> so now what's happened are, are they over in Cyprus? So they were Okay.
2: And so we went over to Cyprus and took the surrogate husband out there and it was all really exciting. And then we put, to, well, interesting, when it comes to PGTA, it's a, a, quite an interesting thing because as a byproduct, this is controversial and this yeah. could be controversial to people listening, but you get to find out as a byproduct from going yeah. through this, whether it's a boy or a girl. And so you can choose whether you want a boy or a girl. Um, I, don't,
0: I, like, I don't really see, like, I know people get really offended and you should be really happy whatever you have, of course, but sometimes you have a little bit of a preference. I wanted a boy first. Absolutely. D- didn't say it till now, but I got one and I was delighted. <laughs> but like, it's, if you, if, that's the way medical science is. And what did you choose?
2: <laughs> well, something I've actually never said before is we actually, put, we actually put two in both time. We put a boy and a girl in and a boy and a girl in. So you wouldn't have known, that would have been exciting. And, well, they might have both taken. We didn't know the situation. So we put, yeah. So every time we put in two eggs... We could have had twins. Um, could well have been, and that was the aim to try and do that. And then the second time, uh, we put we tried to have a boy and a girl in, and the girl didn't make it through the thawing process. And so oh. we put two boys in. Yeah. which is our last embryos and after the the journey they've been through and so then on the last day of the whole day we've had a week after that with the surrogate just to chill and we got a positive pregnancy test and we were Aww. incredibly incredibly exciting so excited it was it was wonderful we went back and sort of started telling our parents and and doing some filming and bits and pieces and and uh and very sadly it was um we went for the six-week scam, which is normal with surrogacy, and um, they are both gone. Oh, that's and just awful. So that was one of those moments in life that you you have to kind of reset and think, okay, what are we doing now? We've just all of the, starters, all of that money that I've, that I've spoken about, not to mention being out there and flying out there and all that kind of stuff, all of that's now completely redundant, which is actually over over 100 grand. Wow. Um, that's now redundant completely because we have no embryos left and we have to start again. So it's wed to go through this process. There is things in the in cogs in the movement now, but again, it's that horrible situation.
0: And how, like, there's just no guarantee with IVF, you just don't know if it's going to take or not, and you had healthy embryos.
2: She's usually healthy embryos. We, we're we're delighted. Lighted. And um,
0: that's so hard to have had that and be pregnant and then it get taken away after six weeks.
2: Absolutely, um, yeah. We, we thought it was going to be fine, obviously, and that was the that was the situation. And, and obviously, it wasn't. And and but we've got to remember that we are working with biology. Yeah. It's not this isn't a click fingers and people could say, oh, this, but hundred grads trying it. Well, we did, but it doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah. And I think that might be my, my naivety at the beginning, thinking, well, let's just throw the boat at it. Let's just do everything. Think we possibly can see the best of the best people, and whatever we did, and it still didn't work. Yeah. However, some people that go a, a much cheaper way, which people can do, uh, something called IUI, uh, which is literally putting sperm oh, on yeah. an egg at the right time. That works first time, and they get triplets. Like it doesn't matter. So it all—it all depends. You are working with the the chromosomes, the DNA, that everything between the egg and the sperm, whether they work together, etc., like that. It's, it's just, that's where it, that's where it starts from.
0: So your journey, you said you've got some things in the in, in movement now. Yeah. So you're still going for it. I love to hear that. We
2: are going for it again. Yay! Uh, We have to. I'm not going to give this up. We know the situation. We have to. Yeah. Um, We've all gone through problems and uh, fertility is something that's not talked about as it should be.
0: Yeah I feel like as well with the rules over here being so different and especially around surrogacy it's so difficult to actually understand the laws and the rules and then you have to go to one place, you have to go to another place. Will you do the exact same kind of journey or are you going to change it around a bit? Have um, you found an easier way?
2: We will change it around a bit because this way might be slightly different. We're still trying to work it out exactly how we're going to do it and there's discussions have it? we will be having discussions discussion tonight actually me and my husband because we're going over to dinner and we're going to properly talk about this yeah to find out also it's that it's difficult everyone's like a lot of people go oh is it br- brought you closer to your husband like is it brought you no it hasn't which no. is quite interesting it's actually pulled us slightly apart and that well, sounds so awful. stressful stressful but it's there has been more arguments, yeah, and that's being completely honest because there's no reason to not be honest. But the financial strain, the upset that we could have put that money into something else, the whatever—I mean, it's no one's fault. But it hasn't pulled us apart at all. But it has caused friction that was unnecessary, and it's it's heartbreaking for both of us. And I think we take anger out in each other, really. Yeah. When it's the frustration of losing that money and not being pregnant.
0: Yeah, it is very frustrating. And it's very stressful as a couple. Definitely, I know a lot of people going through it, and it's just you just like, oh, just please have for them. It will happen. You're going through it again. It's going to happen next time. It will. It will, definitely. And Maylin, can I ask you what, I know your journey from the start, and
3: I want to know what made you want to talk about it so honestly. I think when she passed away I was in such a dark place that I didn't really know where to go who to speak to I kind of started using my Instagram as an online kind of therapy platform it was weird I'd write down how I felt but then it was it'd be who would be reaching out to me and uh, messaging me saying that they related what happened to them that spurred me to do more so then I had thousands of women messaging me saying oh my gosh no one no one speaks about this yeah so then I carried on doing it and it made me want to talk about other things too so I guess it's as you said it is a taboo topic no one wants to talk about it and it just gave me so much it just made me feel so good yeah because i wanted to help people with it and I guess that's what like got me to do it. I think it is amazing because you, you actually don't realise how many people you are helping. And the same with you, Ollie and, and Amy
0: talking about these things which are taboo and nobody wants to talk about it. It's just, it puts it on a platform and it just helps, helps so many people. But with you as well, did you feel like it just helped you process everything you were going through? Because I can't imagine what that's like to lose a child. Yeah,
3: I mean, it didn't. It didn't. I didn't really get to grieve because I was battling a court case with her father at the time, which no one knew about. But because I lost my mum a year before it, I was in a place where I actually don't even recognise who I was really. But that was my escape going online, trying to speak about things, the problems and helping other people that gave me so much satisfaction in me because even though I wasn't it wasn't helping me. I wasn't helping myself. I was helping others. Yeah. And for me that, you know, I was shining a light on something and that just kind of gave me a bit of hope, I guess. Yeah. How did you, how did you work around helping others when you were going through such a hard time yourself? It just made you feel slightly better to be helping other people? Yeah, it gave me a purpose and I think I lacked purpose for a very, very long time. I never knew what I wanted to, wanted to do when I was younger. I didn't have a, I just did what everyone else did. Didn't have my own kind of way of thinking, you know, and I didn't yeah. know what I wanted to do when my mum died I was like okay shit now I need to grow up a little bit you know the money stops coming in you don't you don't do anything the work dries up and then you think shit okay what am I actually going to do with my life and when I became pregnant it gave me that bit of a kind of purpose I guess but bit with the family thing and I thought maybe I need to have a family but I always knew deep down I wanted to do something more than that. I yeah. wanted to speak and raise awareness on things that no one really wanted to talk about so when she passed away something just clicked in my brain and I was like okay I can either lie here in bed and mope and have that victim mentality or I can get up and I can do something now and I can serve like this purpose that I want to do and it, everything just aligned and it fell into place but yeah it was, it was a strange strange time. Isn't it
2: funny that there's like an underground sort of community that you don't know about until you go through that and you put it out there mm-hmm. yourself, yeah. Yeah. and I think that was where that's been my shining beacon. And I said that in a post that I did when we said that we lost ours. It, it was it was a shining beacon of of what it, of hope that everyone just comes out the woodwork yeah. and goes. Yeah, I've definitely. had this. It's this the same yeah. thing, and yeah. Yeah. and suddenly I've got communities. And so it's, yeah. no it's no longer Marlon or Ollie or Vogue or or Amy. It's 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 no longer us for what we're famous yeah. for. It's just that person that you're speaking yeah. to on the internet that you're just. And yeah. please stay in touch. Like this is like this. Yeah. Us as a community together. Definitely,
0: so it happens. To everybody but
3: you also recently not recently obviously you're nearly about to have your new baby i think this time around with the pregnancy having her what i'm 37 weeks today having yeah. her get to full term is is a bit weird in my head it's like oh shit it's real <laughs> you know she's like win. she's moving now and i'm sweating you know i'm like stop it <laughs> I'm pushing her hand back in she's like digging <laughs> out <laughs> But I'm a huge believer in... um, I'm a very spiritual person. I'm a huge believer in everything happening at the right time in the way it should unfold. And the only way that I can look at trauma and what I've gone through is because that was meant to happen to me at that particular time, and I know it's a very cliche of saying, "Oh, everything happens for a reason." But actually, when you step outside the box and you take a look look at your life, you you know you go through certain things and they mould you into who you are. And what I did was I turned that pain into purpose and that pain into strength. Yeah. And you know, never in a million years would I be sat here talking about being pregnant. Like I wouldn't have fought that. Yeah. But I just kind of give up resistance to the universe and let things just happen to me and let let my life flow in the way it's meant to be you know, the, the less control I have, the the better outcome it is in my mind. It's, it's a strange perception but that's... Do you totally. feel though,
0: because even just being around you, it's like you're very positive, you're like Tony <laughs> Robbins or something on side and I love Tony that. Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Robbins is not a scringy. But I just think, do you feel that like doing everything you did, has that made you a more positive person? Because like, just even your vibe and your kind of aura around you is very like nice.
3: Yeah, I mean, we all we all evolve and we develop and we grow, right? And we change. And I wasn't who I was five years ago yeah. when I was on that show. I see someone, you know, like a distant version of myself, dead behind the eyes and just focus on her body and how she looked like and validation and likes and Instagram and, you know, money and wanting to do do well. And who I am now is a completely different person, but it's it's weird. The, the positivity comes from a place of gratitude. What am I grateful for now? Because I've lost so much yeah. and I've gone to a place of, of severe darkness. Nothing can be lower than that. So I see the brightness in every single thing that I do and I just pluck things out and, and see what I'm grateful for. And I, I do that because, you know, life is too short, but we, we make our world, you know, we, we create our lifestyle, we create our life and our minds are powerful. Definitely yeah. powerful.
2: It's so lovely to see you so pregnant right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I love that you will be like, oh, no, yeah, push it back in a little bit. I it
3: was going towards you. I was like, oh. <laughs>
2: it's my dulcet tones. It's like yeah. a, I'll do bedtime stories. It's fine.
3: But how, how has this pregnancy been? Because it must have been quite scary at times. Yeah, do you know what? It, it hasn't even been the best like situation for my mental health at all, to be honest. Mm. Um, it's brought up so much unresolved trauma in my mind. Mind and things that I would have suppressed, whether it had been with alcohol, going out, partying, trying to keep busy with work. And then having that blank canvas of just being pregnant, sat there at home, like, okay, I can't really do much. You know, see friends. They don't really want to see me anymore. And, you know, there's no wine that I can go and turn to or go out. with the added hormones. Yeah. You know, so a lot of stuff has just come through me. Things that have happened to me and, you know, longing for my mum and stuff like that, PTSD and whatnot. And I think so I've had time to sit with my mind. And that's that's when the healing happens, you know, Mm -hmm. when you have time to sit with yourself. And it's so uncomfortable. But as humans, we want to cover that up and we want to keep busy. You know you don't process the things properly it's it's been difficult it's not it's not been great at all. <laughs> Well,
0: I would agree with you on pregnancy.
3: <laughs> it's actually shit. <laughs> it's, it's really, really That's shit. why I'm like, your surrogate's really nice. I oh, know.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm
2: careful what I'm saying. I've got two pregnant women around the table. I've got to be really careful. There's,
0: I mean, yeah. Oh, god. It is really difficult, but it's really difficult to go through your fertility journey. And I'm sure there's loads of people yeah. who, who've gone through a journey like that, and then they feel ungrateful because they just feel so crap when they're pregnant. But
3: it's just kind of everything is a process. Well, I get that. They're it. like, oh, you should be great. You know, I've had some people, like, you should be really happy or pregnant. I'm not like, sure the yeah, yeah. Shut up, I <laughs> feel like crap. <laughs> you know, like, hell. Like. I know, you're allowed to feel the way you feel, <laughs> like and it is are. hard.
0: Yeah. But Amy, how did you feel when you, when you were going through the egg freezing process? Was that like, did you feel anxious or anything like that?
1: Um, no, I felt quite sort of, I had to keep it all a secret as well, because like, I wanted to like get it done and then talk about it, rather than talk about it at the time. Yeah. So... But I was seeing people and they say, you know, oh, do you want a glass of wine? And I'm like, oh, no, I can't. I'm egg freezing. And they're like, what? And then I, like, because for me, it's the most normal thing in the world. I start talking about it and being like, yeah, I got my injection in my bag. <laughs> uh, and everyone's like, ah, stop showing me this. Like, please stop. Please stop talking about it. So I sort of need to learn whether to actually, like the other day, the cab driver was like, who picked me up from the blood place? Also, um, oh, what have you been up to today? And I was like, oh, basically, I'm freezing my. Head. And he was like, oh, okay. We had like twenty minute conversation about it. So I'm not that anxious about it when it happens. Really, I'm I'm quite blasé. But I feel like maybe I shouldn't be as blasé with it because I'm so open about it that everyone's like, please stop talking about it.
2: Why is this taboo? Why is it any of this still <laughs> no. a taboo subject? I mean, everyone we talk about this, and and people say what, but no, there's no answer you can give to why this is a taboo subject. Yeah. Any of that, I fertility, know. pregnancy, mm. uh, ovaries. What are we scared? About saying nice. the word ovaries like, yeah. next. The,
1: the thing that I find, the thing that I find really strange as well, is when I say to people I'm freezing my eggs, they go, "Why are you doing that? You're so young." And I'm like, "Oh." You're right. Oh, have I been have I been done over for all this money? And I'm like, it's because my mum and my auntie and my nan went through the menopause at forty. Oh, that's all right then. Okay, well thank thank you for your thank you for your blessing of my frozen eggs. And then also when I say like you know because if I don't meet the right person, then I'd have a baby on my own. You would have a baby on your own, don't you think a baby deserves two parents? And I'm like, well ideally yes, but lots of my friends didn't plan to be single mums and have ended up single mums. At least if I know from the beginning, I can plan ahead. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that is a good point. Yeah. You're okay. I'm like, oh, th- again, thank you for blessing I feel, my I life. Know,
0: I feel like everybody just loves an opinion, though. They have to have an opinion yeah, and, on other people's everything. It's bizarre. Do I you know. find it
2: funny, though, as we get older, there are things that we learn not to say. Yeah. yeah. And every day we're learning. Th- and, and there are new things. that, that So I got asked uh, for a Sunday Times feature uh, purely to wait for, for a trigger for me to say this because she t- she's going through the same situation she goes everyone always says why don't you adopt and apparently it's one thing you're not allowed to say anymore and I didn't know this because people ask me like, oh why don't you adopt there's loads of kids that need, need adopting i would be like well are you saying this because you adopted your children Yeah. and uh, like did you go through that and they were like oh we can do it and I was like well so can we a gay couple yeah. can do it as well and also we have looked into adoption we're not writing it off but it's something we we'll are try and do this first and also if anyone that goes through the adoption process that we've spoken to people about it's this incredibly is, is, yes. difficult and heartbreaking, because yeah. as soon as you find a child that fits with you so perfectly, you lose it, because the either the parent goes and sees it or gets in contact, and then they have to go back to square one, and you... You immediately love that child immediately and you lose it. So again, it's one of those that's difficult as well. It's not adoption's not like, oh I'll have that one, please. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah. Do. It takes years adoption. Years. Just like anything else can take so much time. But Amy, when you were thinking of having a baby, because I get the vibe that you were always quite maternal, did mm-hmm. you think it would be really straightforward? Like did any of these kind of thoughts pass your mind?
1: Um, no, I think because as soon as I sort of hit twenty-five and sort of every woman in my family, my mum's side and my dad's side had all their kids by then. That's when I was a bit like, ah, this isn't going to happen for me anytime soon. And I don't know why, I've just always had this feeling that it is not going to be straightforward for me. And that's like, sort of not manifesting, anti-manifesting, I think is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Um, Sort of like anti-manifesting, like being like, I think it's going to be difficult. But then I just see it as, my boyfriend's very like, you don't know that, we could like, find it really easy. And I'm like, I know, but I have to be prepared for if it's not going to be. And I have to, he says, you know, whatever the doctor says you always go for the most negative thing like he says it could be three to four years and you're having a meltdown about it and I'm like yes because if he said if they said to you oh it's three to twelve months you'd hear three and I say yes because if it was twelve months they'd just say twelve months they wouldn't say three to twelve months so that makes sense but I'm I'm massively prepared for it I am just like I know there's lots of different ways to with my mum, and I'm a very over enthusiastic auntie to my friends' kids. And if that's what I'm supposed to be in life, then so be it. But you know, I'm very open to like surrogacy and egg donation, sperm donation, etc. and adoption. See, in, the in America,
2: they often do with it with when it comes to removing your eggs. Uh, they do. They only do one round. They do actually a three because you have a much lower uh, medication than the Americans do. As friends of mine that are going through yeah. it, and when we did it, we only do one, mm-hmm. and we got 21 eggs out because i think they boost them with so much to try and sort it out but in, in britain a friend of mine did it uh, recently she had to go through three rounds to try and get as many as she can and all that kind of stuff so i don't know why that hasn't been changed the americans are allowed to do it well it's so difficult
1: interestingly interestingly so obviously i pay for my egg collection so they give me the bare minimum medication the first time second time we couldn't go because my body was all over the place hormones third time they gave me a bit more because i requested it and it didn't work the first time my friend because she's just a good person she read an article about the fact there's a low level of egg donors in the UK she was like "Oh, I'll donate my eggs 21 the list of medications she sent me they gave her she got 22 eggs and that's because wow. the clinic pay for that so obviously they need to get as many eggs out as they can in one go yeah Whereas I'm going there, paying for my injections, paying for my blood tests, so that, that there's not as much motivation to give me as much medication.
2: I always find the egg, egg freezing process in in Britain. If I was then to go onto an egg donor agency in Britain, I would go. I've, I've I won't, absolutely wouldn't be allowed to see her face at all, but I'd be able to see her her credentials. After I do that, at the age of 16, the baby is allowed to go and find that donor, yeah. basically, which I don't understand. Can you not be anonymous over here still? I think you. I I
0: know. I I, I do think it's
2: a law that actually they can if if they want to. It's just part of the thing. However, if you're doing it in America, you're allowed to see the face and stuff like that. But you're absolutely not allowed to know any information about where they live. You're not there's no the children have no uh, contact with them whatsoever. So for me, it's it makes no sense that it has to be anonymous, but you can at 16, the child can go and find them. And yet in America, you can see all the details and yet. You can't see them.
0: I might need to revisit those laws there.
2: Uh, uh, Don't uh, don't worry, I'm very much on this right now.
1: (laughs) My friend's just gone to Spain Before that reason, in that because in Spain you can still have an anonymous egg donor, but in the UK you can't, obviously. So she's gone to Spain because she's like, no, I'm cooking this baby, it's my baby.
0: Yeah, 100%. And Amy, you must have had expectations of what it was going to be like to freeze your eggs and everything like that. What was the reality of what you actually experienced?
1: Um... A lot more heart, not heartache, I think, but... I thought, well I originally thought I was going to go and have my fertility MOT and they go oh it's all fine, don't worry, you don't need to do it and they didn't. And then I thought I was going to do one round of egg freezing. I was like oh brilliant, it only takes two weeks, lovely. You know I had my first scan done and I had something like 21 follicles and I was like oh my god I'm going to get 21 eggs and then you get today, like penultimate day and they're like yeah it's going to be one or none so we probably shouldn't do it this month and you're wow. like sorry, so I've got to do this all again. So you get all geared up to do it again and they go oh no your body's still got a lot of the hormones in it so we'll leave it till next month and you go right okay and then you go through all of it and you wake up and they go yes we got five and I'm
0: like
2: oh gosh. sorry
1: and how many is it you recommend for a baby 10 okay so it's a lot of and that's before you've even got to like the IVF stage like that is the very beginning so that is it just yeah it's I think I'm really lucky in that I had a lot of friends who who are like, who want to do this in the future, so who are very invested. So I had, at the end of every appointment, I had like my broadcast list on WhatsApp, sending out a message, like, like this is how many follicles I've got today, this is what they've said, etc. Because I had friends that have done it, friends who want to do it. So I can imagine for people that don't have that, it can be very lonely. So yes, yeah, so if you've got friends freezing their eggs, be nice to them and ask them about it.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Right, right. And Ollie, obviously you went through a completely different experience, but yours is a different fertility journey to other people's. How did you find your experience? Jizzing in a cup or I mean,
2: that, that was my How was jizzing really. in a cup? That was. I tell you what, actually, very weird experience, I must admit, because everyone knows you're going for a wank, which is very strange. You're in the clinic and you're like, you don't really know what to do. And also, So all you just have to the,
0: go into a little room. I,
2: I will show you photos afterwards about what the room looked like as well, because I had weird... Japanese anime porn as wallpaper. <laughs> and I was like this is the least sexy thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I was like but I more than anything I was like I've got to create content and I was like, not of that obviously but I was like this is hilarious. This whole situation's amazing. And I was like this is my friends are going to die. This is absolutely amazing. Um, the anime porn the little cup the the condom on the remote so that you can pull that off kind of thing oh. and put it in the bin so that people don't imagine swapping hands with the remote if you're going to watch porn. Not great. So anyway, all of that kind of stuff was fairly revolting um, but that was that was my experience about having a work um, but no mine is a lot less invasive probably as pleasurable I must admit it's pretty much the un- most uncomfortable thing in the entire world where everyone waits for you but yes
0: regards to
2: that side, who was of things,
0: quicker you or Gareth
2: um, I didn't I didn't time if I'm honest I, I spent most of time did you have to just
0: go at the same time
2: it was something like that Yeah. I'm glad
0: that you can make jokes out of out of all this because like yeah. it is a really hard journey it is and it's yeah. a hard journey for anyone along their fertility. And I, I feel like now, like, our generation, are almost the first generation to really take a look at our fertility and be kind of frightened of it. And, like, we're always frightened of it. Like, I'm still scared of it. I'm currently pregnant and I'm still like, well, what if I wanted to have another child? What age will I be then? And you can't help but all that going through. Your mind, like, I'm a geriatric pregnant person because I'm 36, so, like, mm. that's what they call me. It's like...
2: But it like, is lunacy.
0: Old.
3: Yeah, basically. But also, uh,
2: how many years ago it was? The Queen had Charles at nineteen. Like Charles got married to Camilla. Uh, Charles got married to Diana at nineteen. Like it was a completely different generation. My mum had her. me
3: when she was thirty-nine.
2: Did she? Really? Yeah. Again, everyone's different. It's yeah, like Spenny's
0: mum had him, and she was like 41, 42 yeah, Really? Yeah.
1: I've got friends who are in their forties that, when they went for their fertility MOT, their results were higher than what mine were at twenty-seven.
0: I assume you're not friends with them anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am. I love you. It is. It just depends.
0: On, on on your body and I think that like going to get checked out is just really important and, and for women just even for that peace of mind.
2: It's, and the more we can talk about it as mm-hmm. people with followers or or just generally if you don't talk to your friends about it and I think that's that is where I think that's where we're making the impact and that's where we're, we're starting a discussion again and over again doing exactly this being in a position that we can sit here having a discussion with all of us with our own fertility um, uh, discussions. I think that's important, incredibly important and yeah. hopefully there'll be someone out there that takes solace in and what we're saying,
0: they certainly will. Well, Marlon, if you could go back in time and talk to a younger version of yourself about fertility specifically, what would you tell yourself about what's going to happen and how you'll cope with it? That's kind of a hard question. On the pill, no, joking, <laughs> I'm joking.
3: Um Oh gosh, I don't know. What would I tell my younger self? What, what I what I've known now?
0: Let's all try and think of that because I thought that wasn't such an easy question. Um, Just try and. I don't know. It's an up and down
3: ride. Yeah, do you know what? I I don't think I'd say much. (laughs) Because I think everything has to unfold as it's meant to. Yeah. You know, and I think when I was younger, I wanted a family. When I was older, I'd picture it. But it's always in divine timing. You know, and I think that's literally all I can say. You just have to let go and just see what happens. Sometimes, and I think if I told my younger self, you know, meet someone really nice and then settle down and have a baby when you're 25 and make sure they're nice and you know and do it properly, that's not how life works. Yeah, you know, it's
2: not a storybook. It's, it's not. Never a, no, yeah. not at all. Once upon a time doesn't always start with no
3: 28 child by yeah. 30. Yeah, no. Yeah, so happen. and I think it, it everything happens happens in the best possible way, even though it doesn't feel like that at the time. So when you're going through heartache and disheartening times, it's hard to see out of it. You know, it's hard to take yourself out of that situation. But you'll understand why you went through certain things later down the line. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. And And it's easy to say, but it's just, it's crazy how life works.
0: It's, it's nice advice as well, really, to just kind of just let things happen the way they're supposed to happen. Everything happens for a reason. Because I feel we,
3: we always want control of things, you know, mm. and of course we need control to a certain aspect of things and, and life, but sometimes it's just best to, to understand that things would happen for us, not to us. Yeah. And it's, it's all in our kind of best purpose, best way. <laughs> it's a good way of looking at it. Amy, would you have any advice for
0: anyone considering freezing their eggs?
1: If, you, if you're able to do it, do it. But like I say, time it right. Young enough to get good quality eggs, but old enough that you've got 10 years to use them. And just, you know, do your research, find a clinic close to home. What things do you wish
0: you'd known going into IVF and surrogacy? I wish that I had
2: known about the community that I was mentioning before, actually, that I remember there was a company, we didn't know where to start and there's not really a book that you can pick up. And it's very hard to pick up lots of information from the internet just in random websites. So you don't know what's real, what's true, what's gospel, who knows. And yet, I think it's very much like AA, if I if I <laughs> dare to say that. I think if you uh, have a sponsor, you kind of almost have a guider and uh, someone to guide you through it. And I think it's exactly the same in this. I have people that I've never met before that I phone every other day. I've never met them. I've met them online. And they're yeah. a gay couple going through the same situation. And they've just had their lovely baby. And we're all in this together. And I'm sure we'll meet at some point. But they only live an hour away. But, but yeah. we're all going through this together. All of us. And for me, you don't have to pay. Some of these, some of these companies are, are, are charging £800 for an hour conversation to, wow. uh, to get you to understand uh, what's IVF and how it all works, and et cetera, et cetera. Forums and speaking to people online I haven't met one person that has said that anyone said I'm not talking to you about this everyone wants to talk about it because it's their journey and they want everyone everyone's there for each other we're yeah. all literally holding hands and I think it's I think that is lovely and that's something very much I wish I had known that the community online is is almost more powerful than the one that you pay for
1: um, just just on that community thing one of my friends who went through IVF told me that if you type into Instagram TTC and then the month that you're starting all the people that are going through IVF IVF
0: or egg
2: collection that month will
1: all be on that on that hashtag I did not know this you can find people yeah maybe that's
2: good to know I'm on on that immediately thanks
1: I think it is
0: important to like be with a group and uh, people that you know are going through the same thing as you it's nice to have that and I mean I honestly feel like we could sit here for another two hours and just (laughs) chat about it there's so much to talk about but for now we're going to leave it there and thank you all so much you've all been absolutely brilliant I've loved it it's so interesting and thanks for sharing your journeys
2: Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you. Well, what an episode, we're going to have to wrap things up there. And I'd like to say a huge thank you to Amy, Ollie and Malin for joining me today for being so honest and open and candid about what can be a minefield of a subject. And I think you're all incredibly brave and admirable for making the decisions that you've made and for speaking about it with such candor. And I'm sure what you've said has impacted a lot of our listeners and hopefully made people feel more able to open up about their own fertility journeys. Again, if you do feel that you need support with any of the issues raised in this episode, please be reassured that it is available. You can contact your GP for advice on next steps regarding possible conception support, fertility treatment, and also mental health support. Please see our show notes for mental health support services regarding this subject. And it is really important to speak to someone if you find yourself struggling. Finally, if you have enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate if you'd rate, review, and subscribe because it makes a big difference in helping to spread the word thank you and goodbye for now.